Hi friends, welcome to Direct Impact Broadcasting, the network of growth and transformation presents SOS for Leaders, where your host, Taiwana Wilson, will be sharing leadership and personal growth strategies. Let's jump right in. Welcome to another episode of SOS for Leaders. I am your leadership mentor and host, Taiwana Wilson. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. SOS for Leaders offers bite-sized practical strategies that you can use in both your personal and professional life. Let's jump right into today's episode. Today, we'll be talking about those learning lessons that you can learn from bad leaders. Let's face it, all of us, or almost all of us, at some point or another in our careers have had to work underneath a bad employer, a bad boss, or manager. Almost everyone has had an experience of feeling completely at the whim of an incompetent, leader. And we all know just how damaging the influence of one of these people can actually be in the lives of our teammates, in our department, in our workplace. It's like having a cancer in the department and it's, and it's pretty toxic. But rather than thinking about and rehashing, don't take me there with some bad bosses, but Instead of doing that, let's look at these experiences from a positive viewpoint and what can we gain? Specifically, let's ask ourselves, what are those learning lessons or what made them bad leaders? And what can we learn from these managers and CEOs and supervisors? So one of the things that makes somebody a bad leader is around the topic of office politics. So one of the worst feelings when things aren't going well in the office, in the lab, in your work site is the feeling of being embroiled or entangled in office politics. And this means people are talking about one another, they're bite bite, backbiting, and generally creating a bad atmosphere. And very often it's hard to really kind of put your finger on what is wrong. Like, you know that there's a sense of discomfort, but you're not exactly sure what it is that's making the workplace so toxic. And in a lot of cases, this stems from poor management. In some cases, it is the result of the manager themselves being too petty. Yeah, managers can be petty and trying too hard to be liked. In other cases, it simply is a failure to solve the problem by separating people who are creating the bad atmosphere. So sometimes you can see this, especially when a team member has transitioned from peer to lead. And depending on how they were before, it's easier for them to get entangled into some of the politics of some of the negative stereotypes of, you know, this person created a bad attitude before and not wanting to deal with the problem. You know, if you know that somebody is creating a toxic work environment, being a manager and a leader, it is your responsibility to help diffuse that in the workplace. And some of the bad leaders, if we're thinking about them, either they're involved in some of the negative talk 
or they haven't done anything about it. Either way is creating those that office politics and bad workplace environments, creating a low morale. So when I think of some of the bad leaders that I've had, some of them have been in this particular area of this office workplace. Now, when I think about some other leaders that were not very good leaders, it's because of micromanagement. And no one really likes to be micromanaged. And actually, this will very often create a lot more problems than it solves. This makes people feel like they're being watched and removes the freedom and flexibility for them to do things their way when it's necessary. And when you're micromanaged, that is saying that you don't trust as the manager, you're saying that I really don't trust you to complete this project. And so I'm going to micromanage it so that I think and know that it will get done in the matter in which I want it done. So I'm going to micromanage the process. If you're going to give somebody a, a project to do, then let them own it. Let them get to Z. You don't have to outline step A to Z for them. In that case, you might as well do it yourself. And when I think about some of the leaders that I've been around over the years of being uh, in my professional career, and I think about, you know, those that micromanaged, then they didn't have a lot of people that wanted to step up to take on leadership roles. They didn't have people that at that wanted to be involved with projects and they find themselves overwhelmed and stressed and then having a bad attitude. So that whole micromanagement, you know, can lead to somebody being a bad leader. You do have to trust. You have to trust your team to do their part of the project. You have to trust your team to be able to do whatever it is that you have entrusted them to do and not try to micromanage everything. In that case, you're gonna be doing your job and their job too, and that's really not very efficient. And so that micromanagement is, is another thing that I've seen in leaders that were not very successful. And really that's kind of rooted in, in trust, because I don't trust you to get it done, or I don't trust you to get it done right, whatever right might be. There's more than one way to get to the finish line. Another area when I think about bad leaders and learning lessons is there was a lack of direction. You know, worse is a leader who shows no direction whatsoever. But this person that has a lack of direction might be afraid to take responsibility for things that could go wrong. Or they might just lack the understanding necessary to make smart decisions for the team. Either way, they shouldn't be leading. So if you uh, cannot give direction or you don't want to take responsibility for that direction, there are going to be times that the direction you give that it, it results in a failure and that's okay. But at least you did take that direction and you were leading your team. It, it just wasn't a good decision. But if you don't, have that direction at all, you don't want to make a decision, you don't want to give clear direction, that's going to lead to a poor work environment. And so that's what has led to some people uh, being bad managers as well. 
And when I think about this and the learning lesson, especially if the environment had been punitive in the past, this could be an area where somebody's in leadership, but they're really kind of afraid to make a mistake. And so you might see them use terms, especially if they have a manager or a director or whatever over them. Well, we have to do this because such and such want us to do this or we implementing this process because such and such. So they're like kind of carrying out the direction, but not really because they're putting it back on somebody else in case it's a failure. And so lack of direction. And when your teams are looking at you, they want that direction. They want that clarity. They want to know that you're charting the course. They want to know that you are the captain of the ship, that you know where we're going. Because if not, it's hard to follow somebody and you don't know where we're going. If I'm on a cruise ship, I need to know as the captain, you know, we're headed to the Bahamas and we're going to get to the Bahamas. If not, if you're like, well, I think we're going to go, it says go this direction and we're going to go northeast this so many kilometers. That's not going to make me feel confident that you're going to get us to the Bahamas and get us to the Bahamas in one day. So that whole lack of direction has led to some poor leaders. Uh, And that's something that we can learn from is that your team need that clarity. They need that direction. Emotion. That's another area that has led to some people being bad leaders. Emotion. Of course, leaders are people and you're going to have emotion. But it's important to keep that emotion under wraps. Being a good leader means that you have that barometer. You have your hand on the pulse for the rest of the office, the rest of the team, the rest of the lab, and helping them feel calm and in control, especially when there's times of constant change. If you, as the leader, are very emotional when it's times of change, the team is not going to be settled. The team is not going to be comfortable. The team is going to be worried and going to be panicked. I've been through a few different mergers before in my career, and it's up to you as the leader to remain, even when you are not certain, it's up to you to remain calm under pressure because your team is looking at you. And I can remember going through where we were transitioning ownership and the team were asking me questions about how I felt about it. Uh, And they asked me, was I worried about what was going on? And I said, no, I'm not worried about what's going on. I said, at the end of the day, for those of you that don't know, I'm a laboratory and medical laboratory sciences by background working in a hospital and reference lab taking care of patients. And so I know the role that I play is very important for that of my team and for the end user, which is our patients who count on us. And if I'm worried and I have all this uh, sporadic energy, the team is going to feel that as well. And so when they asked me, you know, was I worried? I said, nope, I'm not worried. Uh, We just need to come and do the best that we can do for our patients and things will shake out and it will play out how it plays out. I said, but I'm, I'm not worried. 
uh, of how it's going. Our leadership gave us clarity and direction. And I said, no, we can do is wait. We can't sit and drive ourselves crazy about what might happen, what could happen. We don't know. And so we just need to keep showing up every day, doing the best for our patients who count on us every single day to be able to provide quality lab results. And I said, are you all worried? They said, well, if you're not worried, I'm not worried. And so, you know, that emotion, your team depends on you for that. If you are a leader, if you've known some bad leaders that are very emotional, they yell at the team members and, you know, or appear very nervous, like have that nervous like energy that doesn't create a positive atmosphere either. Uh, because again, your team feeds off your energy and they feed off that direction. And then the other thing that we can learn from leaders who've been some bad leaders is, you know, they, they're just not disinterested. They're just, they're just disinterested. They're not that interested at all. You know, perhaps, you know, this is probably the biggest offender of them all is that they have complete disinterest in the role. You are the manager or the leader, but you are just not interested. And just if you're a leader, it's obviously that you're not passionate about what you're doing and even resent being in the office, then this will have a negative impact on the way the whole team feels. Just as passion is contagious, so is lack thereof. And this happens when people move into roles that they really didn't want. You know, for example, if you were to say a team leader and the manager position comes available and it's in your career, it is the next progression of your career, but it really isn't what you want to do, but you feel obligated to apply for it and move into that role because maybe there's not a lot of other applicants, you know, or maybe, you know, the position is vacant. Maybe your team is telling you that, you know, that you should apply for the manager position since you're a team leader and that seems to be the next progression, but you really don't want it. And you go for it and then you get into the role and you just not interested because you really didn't want it in the first place. This is a sign of a bad leader because that wasn't a role that was meant for you. You weren't meant to be in that role. And it, it's OK. There's what, more than one way to have a successful career. And it doesn't always mean mean it go team leader, supervisor, manager, director and up in that regard. And so we can learn from people that have made that mistake and that don't apply for roles you're not interested in because the skill set that's needed could be different. Now you're moving from being maybe about, you know, the expert over a technical process or a discipline to now you need to be an encourager and motivator about the people. And if you're not a people person, that's not going to be a good fit. And so these are some of the things that I have learned, you know, from some of the bad leaders that I've had over my career over the past almost 20 years of working uh, in the workplace is that office politics can make somebody a bad leader and getting entangled in that micromanagement. And that doesn't help your people develop those decision making skills, having a lack of direction. People want to know that, you know, where we're going. And where am I 
following you too. Being an emotional leader, especially under pressure or when there's constant change, your team is counting on you for uh, to be stable and to be that calming resource and just being disinterested. You knew that role wasn't for you. I'm not sure why you applied for it. You knew it was going to come with a lot of extra responsibilities, but you just disinterested. And so thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of SOS for Leaders. I hope you've been able to look at these categories of what has made some bad leaders, bad managers, supervisors, directors, CEOs, and find a bright spot in it so that if you are a leader or aspiring leader, you don't find yourself in these traps of potentially becoming a bad leader, you know, getting engaged in some of uh, the areas that we covered today. If you can do me a favor, share this podcast out. I would really, really appreciate it. I know that there are other listeners out there that I have not connected with yet that needs to listen to this show. So if you could share this out or direct them to the directimpactbroadcasting.com website where they can check out all of the shows on the network would be fantastic. Until the next episode, have an amazing day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOS for Leaders, where Taiwana shared nuggets of wisdom that you can use to win in life. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and connect on LinkedIn. And remember, the secrets of success in your life resides inside of you. When you know what your strengths are, you can utilize them to live an impactful and influential life.